Welcome to After Pulse, the extra podcast from the hosts of the Community Pulse. Let's hear what your hosts are talking about in this episode. Who wants to say it? I'll say it. That was a great episode. That was an amazing episode. Our guests were on point, and I... I really valued their opinions and I actually learned something from that that episode that I didn't know about. So that, that was really, really great. Yeah, the time flew by. Um, obviously, it was great to have both Rizzo and Chris on, two people we haven't um, had on before and um, both seem to have a lot to share. We, that we, you know, and I mentioned in the show, we were just scratching the surface. We got through ex- mm-hmm. exactly three bullet points in our list of topics that we wanted to uh, touch on. But um I thought, uh, first of all, you know, we, we kind of kicked things off on like, what's, what are people using and specifically around chat GPT and copilot. Um, and I think we learned that, um, there's maybe some other things to think about when it comes to using these things to create content on our behalf, uh, when we're submitting talks, uh, one of the things I brought up is it's made my life a lot easier to crank out some content and to come up with some really, you know, snazzy titles and like do some of the work that, uh, quite honestly, just is hard, you know, like it's hard Mm -hmm. to naming's hard. And especially when you're coming up with something to try to stand out from a stack of other CFPs, um, this tool has made that situation a little different for us. Now we, we have like that partner in crime to help us come up with a bunch of lists, uh, and hashtags and anything else that's, you know, helpful. Um, but then we also switched gears and said, what's it like for on the receiving end of that, for those who are now having to sift through this, um, proliferation of conference abstract submissions. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we creating a scenario there? And so I thought it was interesting to hear their thoughts on that because it sounded like that wasn't something that um, they'd given a whole lot of thought to prior to today. What? What? We, I don't know if we heard from you though. Did, did you have a, what? any well, opinion on that? That thing about the deluge of stuff and having to go through it. Actually, I I, I looked it up because I wanted to, to to bring those up as an example. In 1998, there's a Mark. Wahlberg movie called The Big Hit. And it's 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 a, like a comedy, they're gangsters or whatever and then they're trying to, they're calling someone to extort something and so they use a trace buster so when they call someone that the call won't be traced. But the person on the other end uses a, a trace buster buster and so <laughs> that they can uh go through a trace buster, but the person on the other end who does the call is using a trace buster buster buster. <laughs> It's a cat and mouse game. It? And it just reminds me of like, there's going to be almost like an arms race on both sides saying like, I'm getting all these submissions that are automated. Yeah. So now I'm going to use automation to go through all these submissions. And then, Well, um, uh, you know, everything's cyclical, right? And I think uh, mm-hmm. at least a lot of the events I, I intend, intend on being involved in or whatever, like I'm still going after quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. And so just because you submitted 10, that, that might raise some red flags for me that, you know, a lot of these might've been auto generated to some degree, but you now, you now, what it sounds like to me, now you have to like, still, you could get G- chat GPT to write a bunch of abstracts for you, but you're going to still have to make those 10 stand out from Wesley's right. 10, you know, like, so we're, we're still have to like somehow dial in on quality material mm-hmm. and standing out amongst this larger set of uh, content. But as a, as somebody who has spent a lot of time reading CFPs and trying to decide if this is you know going to be uh, what we're looking for for the program, 
I am not looking forward to having a whole lot more. So I think, you know, one of the things we landed on is you might see events put harder caps on either you can't use chat GPT because we'll use our buster tool to detect that. Um, Or you put just a a numerical limit on it and say, give give us your best three. You know, we we can't take all 10 of them now anymore. And I used kind of like what I've used it for abstracts as well. But the way that I did it is that I wrote a bad abstract. Like I knew that uh, my first version wouldn't be good. And I asked ChatGPT, act like a technical copywriter and rewrite this. And so it had the elements that I wanted in it. Um, and then I changed a couple of things to make it sound like my voice. Um, so I use that as a way of enhancing. And I think we already have tools like this, like Grammarly yeah. or Spellcheck or anything like that. But I think more... Uh, using it that way kind of like is a balance of both worlds. And those who are just using the pray and spray and just auto generating a whole bunch of submissions, uh, some of those will go through, but I bet it, I do fear for those who on the other end who have to sort through that to find. The well, and, and we, this came up a couple of weeks ago when we were, you know, brainstorming about this episode where I have seen uh, people within my social network um, go on to LinkedIn, I think, and, and other places and say, uh, you know, basically air the, their frustration around mm-hmm. how this has now made things more difficult for them. And they just simply are going to um, try to detect something that's been generated uh, through AI. And it's an automatic disqualification. Uh, it's just not mm. something we want. And, you know, Grammarly is a good example of something that's been out there for a long time that a lot of people, you know, in many industries have have relied on to clean up their grammar and just help them write a little bit stronger content. Um, I don't, you know, I'm sure these conversations around is that cheating or, you know, not, not that cheating is, is really the concern here, but is it is it causing some some downstream repercussions that we're just not really um, thinking through? So that, that was an area I really wanted to. Um, to hit on and hear their thoughts around. So it sounds like, um, you know, it, it is something people are, are struggling with, but uh, we, we're already mm-hmm. realizing just like in, just like in um, academia, you know, I think there's a lot of folks who are saying, you know, we're just not, we're not going to be able to accept these uh, submissions for, you know, entry into programs or whatever the case may be. Like we, we can't, we can't um, allow these types of tools to become anything more than like the scientific calculator did for those who were, you know, doing a lot of arithmetic with previous tools. Like these, these are tools, but we still have to show our work and we still have to be able to communicate in our own voice. I think that's a big part of it too. You know, even if it's b- written better on a technical scale from, from chat GPT, you know, in terms of formatting goes, I think, um, I like to read through something and 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 get a sense of something that's not so automatic, not so generative. And I think anybody who's used ChatGPT can can sense that like synthetic um, part of it when you read back the results. And uh, the way that you bring it up, it just the evolution of the way things have changed reminds me of like the styles of communications and how that's changed over time, and also how technology has also evolved that um, when you think all the way back to the handwritten letter, how formal that was, uh, probably in cursive handwritten, right? Um, And then how when we move to email, you would send a message and it'll still be kind of businessy formal, but probably more to the point and kind of shorter 
and now you send that email. And then we moved over to at least inner company communications to Slack. And those messages are now more like truncated. They're shorter, they're more to the point, more casual. Um, and, and knowing that you can use a tool to kind of like fluidly move between those different styles, what is the essence of it that actually matters? What is the essence of it that is you, that is gonna be the part that people are actually connecting with? And I haven't actually thought of it from that perspective about like communication, like what is the important part when you can use a, 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 an automated computer to do the thing that you want to kind of transfer. Yeah. I think there's a, you know, maybe a little bit of imposter syndrome that uh, is starting to show its head in some of these things too. The more I think about how chat GPT or any of these can help me um, it's sure it's shortcutting things, but it's also, you know, like um, helping me um, get my thoughts out of, mm -hmm. in a clear way that um I, I don't I, I previously struggle with I guess in mm -hmm. lots in lots of different realms and some of that we touched on around metrics and uh, how you know th these tools and many others that fall into the AI bucket uh, can be used to to take a lot of numbers and make sense of them um, I saw mm -hmm. some I've seen some demos where people are using in science in the science realm um, you know going through uh, just going through not just code, but going through like massive data sets to understand uh, what are we looking at here? You know, at, that it would have taken a person a lot longer to get through that. And um, there's no need for that extra time. You know what I mean? Like, let's just try to get mm -hmm. straight to the numbers and and make them more understandable and actionable is a big part. And I think uh, this is an area where I know personally I have uh, successfully used it in that in that regard where um, it's always important to be able to um, summarize projects you're working on and, and, you know, share those throughout the greater team and in the org and, and, um, and all that kind of thing. And, you know, I'll be honest, it, it takes a little bit of time and effort to sometimes pull in those numbers, put, put them together in a way that makes sense, that's valuable and actionable, and then communicate that out to a large audience. Um, some people do it really easily and do it really well, and others like myself, um, uh, that's that's a that's a little bit more of a challenge. Um, and I think to, mm -hmm. to have these types of tools just makes it, it relieves that imposter syndrome. It's like, oh no, this is, you know, we'll get through this. We can make this summary. It makes sense and show the important highlights and and all that kind of thing. So I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling a little bit uh, <laughs> and maybe advocating too much for um, helping with the metrics part. I don't know that it's going to be able to like find the silver bullet metric for dev rel, you know what I mean? But I think it does help us uh, communicate with everybody else what's going on and uh, make sense of our world. I I think I want to touch on metrics too, but what you were saying before about, um, I think it also breaks barriers between an editor and a creator in a way that I don't think we've seen before. Um, I just launched Wesley's Office Hours. I don't know if I talked about it previously, but then I wanted the logo for it. And so I went to Fiverr and I worked with a graphics artist and I said, I want it to be soft, but not hard. Um, and I want it to be welcoming. And I kind of wanted my branding. And, and then they came up with a few options. And I was like, uh, I know I like this. I like this. And then I would like to blend a couple of uh, aspects of these, like make the, the font less bold and make it more um, softer on in terms of the, the edges of this this font and then they came up with another version and so like from that point of view I was not the creator but I was 
I guided it through just my critique about like what I like and didn't like it to end up with something that uh, was good in, in terms of my own opinion. Yeah. And, uh, and so like, I can't draw, but yet I helped use these tools and a person to create a logo with the same ease. If let's say I was a, a, an artist, I was a real painter. I could ask stable diffusion to come up with several different options and just get inspiration uh, and then create something totally original that may not even resemble any of those options that were given to me, but get inspired to get started and start creating. And I think the 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 way that you can use the tools on both ends between an editor or creator um, is just feels just totally new. And we have to get used to how we can uh, how we can choose when to be what role in, in either fashion. Absolutely. And we spent most of that uh, podcast just talking about chat GPT and, and GitHub Copilot. Um, we didn't even get around to some of the other tools that are out there. I mean, on a daily basis, I'm using some AI captioning tools that mm. uh, save me uh, uh, a ton of time. And, um, you know, and there's all kind. there's other like what you're talking about with stock image, stock photography, like we can, there's Dolly and other tools where, um, where you can come up with new images and new audios, mm -hmm. even in different tools. And yep. uh, unfortunately it's a little scary, but uh, there's even some avatars out there, you know, like uh, I, I failed to mention that the opening monologue to the podcast was actually co-written uh, with uh, chat GPT and myself. But for a moment, I entertained the idea of actually using that monologue, uh, taking the transcript from that, putting it into one of those uh, AI tools that generates a, um, a, a person and, you know, and a voice and have uh, an AI avatar do the opening monologue. Um, I kind of just ran out of time this week. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, also I thought that might be a little out of bounds. I don't know that any anybody we're talking to is quite to the point where they're uh, automating the creation of the words, automating the audio and visual uh, media that our, in our audience will see. Uh, that said, I do see that that content out there. It, people are yeah. doing that in different industries. I'm not prepared to um, completely go that route uh, just yet, but it is interesting that those those that technology is here and people are using it. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of other tools out there that we didn't we didn't bring up, but um, yeah, I saw on LinkedIn there's this uh, DJ that said, write me a verse about I, I might get the genre wrong about um uh rave music uh and and in the style of eminem and it wrote a verse and then they took that verse and fed it to another uh audio or voice generation and they made eminem actually sound like he said it mm -hmm. and then they took that clip that that audio file of eminem saying this new verse and then they put it in a song and they introed that in terms of their DJ set of doing some their own mixing of their own music. And so now it sounds like Eminem's introducing this song that he never thought about, never said, never wrote, never sang, but yep. yet now he's there performing well in something that he didn't consent to, which is and, and, also interesting. And that takes us right back to the responsible AI and ethical thing. You know, now we're we're like in the deep fake uh, conversation, and which leads to disinformation and sharing things, um, communicating out uh, information that just isn't true. But because you saw or slash heard 
it from my seemingly mouth, mm-hmm. uh, you took that information as as truth, or at least that he said that. I saw him say that, um, or I heard yeah. him say that. Uh, that causes some concern for sure. I think uh, I wouldn't. Yeah. Earlier we were talking about I'm an open source human. Like if I said it, it you know, mm-hmm. it's out there to be heard and shared. Um, something or someone else doing it and pretending to be me is is yeah. a, probably another subject that we should talk about because that's right. not the same. I'm not okay with that. I heard someone who was using it the the same audio like reproduction of someone's voice to do swatting attacks. Yeah. Um, so it, th- there are different. There, this is something that we all need to deal with. Even if you think that you're not directly in your day to day job dealing with technology, these tools and the products of these tools are probably going to touch every aspect uh, of our lives, no matter what. And this is genie is out of the bottle. So people who are not dealing with the subject matter, thinking through these use cases, um, this is not going away. It's only going to evolve and get better. So we, it's good that we have this conversation now, and we should probably. Think about having another show after we've learned all of these other new use cases that we didn't think of to kind of like experiment and yeah. talk through and, those. And not only are those tools here and they're being used clearly, it just feels like things are speeding up faster and faster. I think we all all feel that, you know, objectively things are just faster. I mean, the number of people who have signed up for ChatGPT and how quickly that happened, there's uh, never been anything like it. Um, yeah. So I don't know. With that, I think we're we're probably just about out of time for this episode of the After Pulse. But there's so much more I think we should plan on talking about, and uh, how uh, these technologies can both benefit us in the DevRel industry and just in software development in general, um, or you know, lots of industries. But obviously, we're we're here to talk about DevRel and, and building communities. Um, I think we're going to learn more and more about how this is playing a role in what we do um, across all of the different things that that we do in our industry. So, uh, Wes, you got any other final thoughts? No, not really. It's just that I've been thinking about interfaces, and I'm just wondering if maybe AI is the next API, and maybe we'll talk about that later. I think that's a good way to look at it. I think uh, it is, you know, uh, an interface into information. Uh, you know, Microsoft just announced their new Bing uh, integration with ChatGPT, which uh, I've played around with and is very interesting. Uh, Bard from Google is uh, another, you know, thing that's out there. These aren't going to be the only two. They're just sort of the first two here to, to, to do it right now. And um, it's going to be more and more, uh, as far as I can tell. So with that, uh, thank you, Wesley, for everything you do and and helping us keep this show going and being another awesome host for today. It's great to have uh, Rizzo and Chris. Thank you to both of them. And thank you to you, the audience, for joining us on another After Pulse session from the Community Pulse. And we will see you next time. This has been another episode of After Pulse with Mary Thangwall, Jason Hand, PJ Haggerty, and Wesley Faulkner. Learn more at communitypulse.io or at community.